Welcome to the Branding with Video podcast, your one-stop shop to take your brand to the next level. If you're ready to learn the best tips and tricks in the industry to dominate your brand and become legendary, you've come to the right place. So strap in, listen up, and let's do this. Why are people far less qualified than you getting so much more attention than you on social? It's like, yeah. you're the expert. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're you're the gangster here. So, like, where's your content? And I think, Zach, one of the biggest things people want is to be on social without having to be on social. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. So, it's like, that's... That's, I think, the key. I hate to say it, but we are, as entrepreneurs, you and I, like, we're a sales team and a marketing team and an operations team a lot of the time. So you have to appeal to some of these people's desires and needs, and it doesn't need to feel sleazy if it's what they want. Welcome to the Branding with Video podcast, uh, where we help you to grow your video podcast, scale your business, and make an impact. Today, we have Rich Cardona on. But Rich, you've done some really impressive things. I mean, even just you know, looking at your LinkedIn, you've got two top 50 podcasts, and then your mm-hmm. podcasting services are awesome. So thank you for being on the show today. I'm thrilled to be on, man. I've, I've been watching you and I was just, I'm glad we got introduced via Chris Doe and, and here we are, man. So it's like, I'm, I'm as ready as you are. And I love, I love to talk to people doing uh, parallel things, right. Yeah. And just in a different way. So this is good for everybody. For those you know, thought leaders, business leaders who are trying to use a video podcast, how did you get into video podcasting and mm-hmm. maybe go into how that's impacted your career? You know, I, I was in the Marine Corps and I, I retired early, ended up working at Amazon for a couple of years. And it was, it was awful, man. Like I, I, I had a really lousy time. I performed at a very high level, but I was miserable. Yeah. Um, and at some point, man, uh, I, I just recognized I had deviated from my character, um, who I knew myself to be quit. And then I, I moved in with family and started kind of like just looking at my curiosities. I, I, I mean, dude, I had no training or education in video and, and, uh, video editing and photography and nothing. So I just started taking courses and eventually I, I kind of realized like photography was going to be tough because I just feel like it's really hard to pop there. Video I started experimenting with, but then as you know, I, just talking to people was such a fun part of the game. And I decided it was going to be my goal to just make sure I tried to interview people who inspired me. But I was like, I will go to them. Okay. I will go to them instead of doing zoom or whatever it is. And I, I, I just made that part of my thing. So whenever I could, I would do that. And then I started capturing it. And the reason I captured it is for the same reasons that you do what you do. And and I do a version of that, which is like just the content aspect of it, man. Like, you know, we could do a lot of things virtually and obviously post pandemic, um, it's, it's kind of the norm, but there is something to be said about the the, the energy exchange, uh, the openness, and as you know from doing a lot of research, you're able to dig in in places where a lot of other people don't. Because the last thing anyone wants, especially for a video podcast, yeah. is to see some version of a keynote that that person has given somewhere yes. else. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. heard like... 40 minutes of this is the same as I've heard elsewhere and and no Mm -hmm. one wants that. So if you do the research and you are able to capture uh, some of this, you know, some of the, the body language, some of the expressions and all that, that just becomes way more valuable content than just an audio podcast. And that's why I do it. I love that. And I think it's, and I I totally agree with you. I don't like, usually when I have people on, I I try to get at least 20 hours of consumption of their content. And so I can be like, okay, I don't want to ask, any question you've been asked before, unless it's like yeah. a golden question, <laughs> like, yes, I want to avoid that. Cause I, I want it to be new and fresh. And for you as the guest, like you've been asked the same thing multiple times. So let's yeah. dig into something new that you'd like to share. Yeah. Um, I did. I've, I'm just going to say this. I've been wanting to post this and I, I got to find time to do it. But if you're listening and you are interested in doing podcasting or a video podcast, one question you definitely don't need to ask is what would you ask? What would you tell your 18 year old self? It's like, <laughs> come on, man. I, I feel like that's just like, the go-to when you have no idea what to ask. I'm like, please, like they've answered that a million times. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I love it. Well, and I think it's like this show, it's it's focused. We have a theme. And so, I mean, one question, like you, I know you've been asked this because I heard the answer, but you've interviewed a lot of, you know, high level people. That's one of the things that you do. And I've had a couple of people like that on my podcast and people ask me, how do you do that? I'm like, I just do this. Like I, I've been diagnosed with Asperger's. My brain works a little different. And so asking people for stuff like that, I'm just like, 
we'll just just ask if they say no yeah. it's a no if you don't ask it's a no so yeah <laughs> you're gonna accept the no or you're gonna maybe have a yes so i want to ask you what what do you do to get you know those high level people on your podcast consumption is everything i think you're dead on so how can you demonstrate that that their content has impacted you in any way besides just quoting some reel that they did that was viral or something crazy, right? Like how can you demonstrate that you've actually been invested in their content that they are taking time to create and they probably have a team surrounding it that they're paying. That's what people want, right? Like if I'm a creator, like there's nothing more flattering than knowing that you consume my content, but you're actually processing my content. The second mm -hmm. step to that I would say is, are you being a case study? If I am going to watch, you know, uh, Pat Flynn or Gary V, Sean Cannell, Alex Ramosi, and you know, Vanessa Lyle, like any of these people. Yeah. Am I doing some of the things that they're preaching? And if I am, am I like making an Instagram story about it or a LinkedIn post about it, showing that like, hey, I am trying to be a case study of yours? That's that's like the next level from just like appreciating their content. That is applying the content. Chris says this all the time. Chris Doe, knowledge uh, knowledge acquired is not the same as knowledge applied. You and I both know we can give clients and uh, you know some of our audience online like all the advice in the world, but like a lot of times they don't do it. Yeah. And the worst is if they're paying you. Like that's the worst worst. So yeah. so that's a big one, man. Uh, so are, can you be a case study? Okay. The third thing is, uh, have you actually invested in them? So we're past the free content now. Have I invested yeah. in this course on copywriting and do I have feedback on it? Again, like this is kind of, you know, really pouring gasoline on the case study fire. Like not only do I support your content and I like your content, I'm applying your content, but it's to the point where you, I did exactly what you wanted me to do is buy something from you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's going to take me to the next level. Yeah. And because I know, like, and trust you. And if I buy from you, that means I know, like, and trust you, or you just happened to get me when I was really impressionable and wanted to invest. Um, so that always helps the reach out. Okay. Because if you are able to reach out to them, DM them, tag them or talk to someone close to them. If you could figure that out, that's always a big one, by the way, I'll just make that number four. And I did not have this pre-planned anyone, but number four is like, who are the people around them? They're okay. way more accessible than the, the guy or gal. So okay. who are the people around them? Can you establish a rapport with them without literally just being like, Hey, I'm trying to interview this person close to you. Like literally take the time to get to know them. And I've befriended uh, befriended is the good one, right? Like befriended, yeah. right? Like, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people who are like the number two or number three of some of the big names I've interviewed and I consistently stay in touch with them. So that way, like they, or I don't have this belief that it was just to get to them. Yeah. So I would say those okay. are probably the four most critical things without getting too tactical on like, here's what your subject lines should be. Here's what you should <laughs> yeah. say. But those things are key. Like okay. those things are key because anyone creating content is looking to make sure they have an impact nine times out of 10 and you could demonstrate that you have or that they have. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. And I think that's a lot of the things that you said. I, I just do naturally. Cause it's <laughs> like how my brain works. It's like, okay, yeah, you just, it's a relationship. And I think people posting on LinkedIn have a hard time. Cause like, Oh, social media. It's like, no, it's, it's networking. It's not social. Yeah. It's, it is, but like we're, we're kind of, taught incorrectly i think on so because mm -hmm. like post and it goes viral it's like no you need to yep. interact with people so i like that a lot definitely uh, one thing that i have a little bit of a problem with i don't i don't think i have a problem but i've, I've had people mention a couple times it's like when you have big names on i get where they're coming from the, the big name isn't going to get you to go viral or, or change your life like that's that's not a thing um i have some other ways that i, I leverage you know having mm. big names on and some things that i benefit from but I guess what, what are some tips that you might have when you finally do get someone, you know, a big name on, how do you make that worth it? <laughs> so this is a great question because I I'm really, I I'm, I'm, it's so important to me to be transparent on, on podcasts like this. And let me just tell you, none of the big names have ever shared my content Okay. or, or sorry, our content. Yeah. They might do an Instagram story in the moment or anything like that, but you're right. Like you're not going to go viral because some of these big names are big names to us, but these big names are the, the good ones. Mm -hmm. They're on hundreds of podcasts a month or, or like, you know, a quarter or something like that. So that's, that's, 
it's hard. So again, that's kind of, again, this is my personal angle is to try and be in person. So that way I'm at least memorable in some way, but expectation management, don't expect them to share. And if you have any kind of chance to do that, I would make sure you're in touch with your social media team or social media manager, provide them all the assets so they could post it themselves. Okay. Um, it makes it a lot easier for them to just have the assets sitting somewhere, uh, you know, in a pipeline that they could publish at one point if they ever want to, uh, especially if they get low on content, they might do it. But if you're asking them to share uh, your stuff when you post it, probably not going to happen. Okay. Um, so so how do you, you kind of leverage the fact that you had the big name? I mean, there's a lot of ways in terms of repurposing, but you know, you could just do a picture of them and a quote from the podcast and, you know, link it in the comments or anything like that. But I think leveraging the big name, and this might seem really, really counterintuitive, but if you're like Zach or like me and you really try and and just get into the nitty gritty and you are able to ask questions that they don't usually get asked, you just become a conduit of the information, the knowledge and the expertise. And that's super important, man, because that's going to actually help you. I mean, every big name we look up to, every quote of theirs, every soundbite of theirs, like, it's not just like they thought it, like they have experience talking to people like them or, or, or whatever it may be. So they, they are, they are disseminating knowledge that they've acquired through talking to people. And that's your job. Yeah. Okay. Your, your job is not to say, Hey, look at this big name. Your job is to be like, here's a huge takeaway I got, or here's something that, um, I never really thought about. And I've been doing it the last week and it's completely changed how I approach content. That's the most important thing. I think you could leverage from big names because they're a big name for a reason. They have deep, yeah. deep expertise. No, I like that. I like that a lot. I think a lot of how I've tried to leverage it is more, well, this is harder, but like building networking, building a relationship sure. so that sure. there's something that way. But even that they're busy. They're busy. like the reason they, <laughs> they do what they do is because they're busy. And so I, I like the sending them assets that they can post, make it easy for them. And yeah. Um, and I've heard this multiple times, like the best intro you can give to someone is how they've impacted you. Not don't read their official bio. Like that's, that's sure. not helpful. So I, I like, yes. I like that a lot. Let me give you, sorry. I, you just yeah. made me think of a couple yeah. others. Absolutely. Always, 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 always at the end of one of those go. And I know, uh, well, I know who, EC who you just, uh, interviewed. I don't, I don't know if you want me to say it yet. Or oh, I don't yeah, want to yeah. spoil anything, but so let's just say you, you had them on be like, Hey, who are a couple people of your caliber, you know, that you think would be a good guest? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so you are telling them they're a great guest, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and you were saying, I'd like more people like you. So leverage that because they, it might not be Gary V or something like that, but it might be someone who's on the come up. You know what I'm saying? Like two people who they know are willing, who want to get visibility and have deep expertise. Like then all of a sudden it's like, cool. Now you got a couple more guests that you don't have to worry about like pitching because they're already going to be kind of vouched for, so to speak. So, uh, that, that was one of them. And then the other, um, what the heck was it uh, in terms of leveraging it? Uh, networking, maybe? networking, uh, yeah. sorry, this is going to help you appear on other people's podcasts. In my yeah. opinion, okay. you, you know, you have that credibility aspect, be like, Oh, I've interviewed so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. So it's like, that makes you a credible guest. Uh, yeah. because then uh, again, like your knowledge is probably going to be better than someone who has not. And is just kind of documenting the process. Like yeah. you're not only documenting the process per se in your content, but now you have real expertise from big names that you've been able to kind of hone and that's going to make you more valuable. Okay. I like that. And I think it's, I don't know. I've heard a couple of things this way. One, it's like, you see the people and they only have big names. I, these, this podcast literally started as live Q and A's on TikTok with other creators. It was like, you're good at this. I'm good at this. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do Q and A back and forth. You ask questions, yeah. ask question. And that, that's all it was. And so I have yeah. a large range. Um, yeah. but it sounds like big names aren't all there. <laughs> you might think they are. So how did you build two top 50, is it top 50 podcasts? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, one of them actually got all the way up to 24. Oh my goodness. Um, but awesome. uh, yeah, I mean, so so the first uh, one was, and this is going to be really probably counterintuitive for a lot of people. Yeah. So my first one that actually did anything was called Leadership Locker. And I... Um, 
I almost quit. I, I think I believe it was episode fifty four. Okay. And uh, I got all the way to two hundred before I, I I left it because my other podcast started to explode. So the first one though, I'd, Gary Vee was my sixteenth guest. Okay. I was literally just interviewing people from LinkedIn, and yeah. I thought having him on. This is kind of back to the previous question. I was like, this is going to pop now. Yeah. No, not at all. I mean, like it was abysmal. Okay. Um, I almost gave up after episode 54 and little by little, it started to gain traction. Um, but what really happened that I thought was crazy was it was an interview only podcast. Okay. And I believe I was doing only one episode release per week. Okay. Then I started to do two and the second one was just me. Yeah. And I never wanted to do that, but in the spirit of documenting the journey, I'm like, here we go. Uh, and I just started doing these kind of short, shorter solo episodes. So I was like, okay, I think it was like Monday, Wednesday or Tuesday, Thursday, who knows? Yeah. Then I really started to see some traction. I was like, this is kind of crazy. So then I even got to the point where I did three and four episodes a week. I was like, that was total overkill and it's not sustainable, yeah. but that's, that's what it was. So how did it happen? Like number one, I mean, this is going to sound so cliche. I didn't quit. Number two is I actually started to see that like what I had to say was valuable, not just some of the guests. Okay. Like I was literally learning something along the way as well. So someone five, 10 steps behind me or a year removed from where I am can probably accelerate that path because of it. So that was it. That was the big one that, and then I started getting some bigger name guests and, and really kind of promoting those everywhere I could. And that, and that really helped. So it, it, it started to escalate and it did very, very well. And at one point, I think right before, as the day I interviewed uh, Andy Frisella, I was like 89 in business or something. And I mean, look, you could be 89 in business today and 190 tomorrow. Like yeah. it's just the way it goes. It's not, a, there's no issue there, but I was very happy about that. So the second one was we wrote a trend as my uh, co-host and friend, Heather Parody, we started a podcast called NFTs for newbies. And we were NFT investors, but we had no idea what we were doing. We were spending all kinds of money that we probably shouldn't have. And we wanted to kind of understand, uh, you know, what this world really was about, not just be like, I hope this investment works out mm -hmm. because she was a podcaster, because I was a podcaster, we collaborated and you know, it, it did really, really well. I think in the first hundred days, it did a hundred thousand downloads. And then I think we did a million within eight months. And for me, like, I don't know if that'll ever happen again. Maybe, maybe not, but NFTs were so hot. The title NFTs for newbies was like unbelievably just simple, you know, like the artwork was simple, but it was like, you had no, there was no confusion about what the podcast was going to be about. And by the way, that year or to 2021, uh, Google Trends number one search term of the year was NFTs. So we we happened to be right there. And there's only a couple other podcasts out after we had started. We noticed a bunch of NFT podcasts popped out, but we were by far the most downloaded in the world. And um, then came January. And dude, we were really taking advantage of the monetization opportunities and sponsorships and everything like that. But can't come January. If you go to Google Trends right now and typed in NFT, you would see it literally falls off a cliff. <laughs> and we're like, wow. And downloads started to trickle down like 15% less, 20% less. And I was like, wow. okay. And as you, as a business owner knows, uh, at some point, like, you know, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, you have to make a decision. So uh, I ended up walking away from that in May because I had to focus on the business and I did it just in time because I got some two very high profile clients that um, I needed to give the best, the most attention possible. But that that's how we did it. So one, so one was not giving up. The other was following a pattern um, of, of realizing that my own episodes were actually doing well. Uh, number three was the trend I kind of talked about. Four was probably a co-host in which we had such good synergy and, and energy. That was a big deal. And we hired a VA to help run the, not just the show, but like post everywhere all the time. And I mean, like you can't promote your show enough. Podcasting is word of mouth. Big time, big time, big time. Word of mouth is, is the way podcast um, is grow, but you can't ignore social. So we just made sure we were omnipresent as much as possible. Okay. Oh, I like that a lot. And I think so word of mouth you said it's huge is any 
strategy tra- tactic, like something that helps. Yes. Where there are not um, besides great, <laughs> amazing podcasts. Like, like yeah, you... man. So we, um, we, I went to podcast movement last year in August, and I remember there was a gentleman from, I believe it's called Edison Research, and he was giving, yeah, he's like, yeah. I went through all these numbers, all these da- all this data from the last however long, and this, this, and this. He goes, the number one, and everyone, everyone in this room wants to know, you know, what can help my podcast grow? And he goes, by far, the number one factor in what your podcast can how your podcast can grow is if it's recommendable. And it was kind of like an obscure, not necessarily data-driven thing. It's like he just illuminated that people have to get off the podcast and be like, I think, you know, I think Seth needs to hear Zach's podcast because that's exactly where he's at, right? Is it recommendable? Okay. Okay. Uh, So that's that's the first thing I would say. Um, As far as as far as like kind of word of mouth. The second thing I would say is if you have an email list, that's probably where you want to do it. And here's a strategy we've used for a couple of clients and it's served them very, very well. Before we actually released the podcast, we sent a couple episodes to probably, a, there's there's co-hosts, so 100 people on one person's list and 100 people on another person's list. What the open rate was, I'm not even sure. But what we did was we said, we had them say, We'd love for you to listen to these and tell me if you would, if this is a podcast you would subscribe to. Plus, if you have any feedback on how I sound, how I come across, on my authenticity, on the subject matter, feel free to let me know. So let's just call it 50% of the people uh, replied, which is maybe a little bit high. But let's say 50% of the people replied. And let's say 50% of that 50% uh, gave really detailed feedback. And the other was kind of soft feedback or like, yeah, I'd listen to it. So we already kind of knew and we already had all the rest of the episodes in the bag anyway. So we're like, okay, cool. Now we know how to approach season two. Season one's a wrap. Like that's just the way we're doing it. But that was huge. So you're involving people that you know, people that are invested in you, people that are invested in your success. You're giving them the authority to critique something that you're taking a risk on. And dude, that's a big one. Yeah. And and it's also just like humble pie for you if you think your podcast was hot shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like before it's even released. So that's another tactic um, that we use. And uh, another one is I, I think the CTAs are a really big deal. Uh, yeah. Mid-podcast, I we always like to encourage our clients to say, because that's when people are the most engaged, we always like to tell them that's when you're going to ask people to share it with someone or rate it and review it, which ratings and reviews actually don't really propel your podcast in the algorithms anyway. But really? if you're, you know, if you're talking to, if I'm talking, um, if we're on this podcast, let's say I'm the host and you're the 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 guest, I'd be like, Hey, look, like Zach is killing it right now. Like I did not know this about YouTube or blah, 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 whatever it may be. And and this blew my mind. So who else needs to hear this? Because you need to share this with them. And that's a, that's a big one, man. Don't wait till the end because a lot of people don't stay all the way to the end. So do it in the mid. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. And I usually like post produce these a bit and do some voiceover and things. So that's exactly to put that. I like that. hundred percent. Okay. Awesome. Um, I did want to hop into your your business now a little bit. Cause it, I mean, you're doing video podcasting. So, mm. um, how did you said you got two big clients? How walk us through a little bit on how that started. And- <laughs> so, so my two big clients, uh, I mean, they're blowing up, but, and, and I, I had an NDA, so I can't, I can't oh, disclose, no, no, but, yeah, but no, it's, is, no, it's fine. Um, but I think I mentioned it to you, uh, privately, yeah. but this is the funny thing. They, we're doing really well everywhere on social. Okay. Except LinkedIn. Really? They didn't care about LinkedIn. No one cares about LinkedIn. That's why I love LinkedIn. They should care about uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hello. So a friend of mine referred me because they were looking for a LinkedIn person. Okay. And they're at least smart enough and wealthy enough that they could invest in someone to just literally run their LinkedIn. Well, we've grown their LinkedIn substantially. Like by the thousands of percents in like all categories. And, and it's, it was going well. So a couple yeah. months in, um, one of them slacks me. Things are looking good on LinkedIn. Thank you. I'm like, yep. This person happens to have a podcast that they've been doing for like four years. Um, and I said, I listen to that podcast religiously. Like, 
do you know, and I just happen to take that opportunity in a Slack message. Like, do you happen to know what your podcast is ranked? And he's like, should I? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you're like 123, 123 in entrepreneurship. It's crazy. And, uh, he, and he goes, is that good? I go, <laughs> I go, yeah, I go, I could get you to 25. And here we are months, a couple months later, whoops, sorry, one second, no, you're okay. uh, a few months later and they hit number two recently in entrepreneurship, wow. but that was what happened. And I got some coaching on this from Chris. He goes, well, anyone who comes to you with a podcast that wants to take it to the next level, that should be your first question is like, what's your rank? Like, I don't know. And then from there, it's like kind of like a decision tree of questions, so to speak. Um, and the reason is a lot of people care about health, wealth, and status, right? Like, so status is important to people, especially business personnel who are make, taking the time to make content. So they're going to make content. As you know, um, YouTube is prioritizing con, uh, podcasting a lot. And then yeah. podcasting space for the amount of podcasts that are in existence, which are, according to Spotify, 4.4 million, there's less than 200,000 that are actually publishing regularly, weekly. Yeah. One episode a week. Yeah. Okay. So it's like my previous podcast that I was talking about, we both ended up at three per week. Um, Volume matters. Volume matters. So uh, that's how I did it. I, I I I played to their desire for for status, for ranking, and for knowing that their message was going to reach a lot more people. So I would say that's probably probably the big one. The second thing, in general, for clients, as you also know, is um, you know this is status as well. But why are people? far less qualified than you getting so much more attention than you on social. It's like, yeah, you're the expert. <laughs> yeah. Like you're, you're the gangster here. So like, where's your content? Uh, da, da, da. so maybe they do a little bit, maybe they love Instagram only. So then yeah. someone like you and I come around and we're like, yeah, but <laughs> YouTube's a search <laughs> engine. Yeah. <laughs> or LinkedIn is a gold mine. Or there's not a lot of competition in the podcast space. Or you could turn some of your podcast content into Twitter threads. Like, then you start like kind of opening the eyes on like, and I think Zach, one of the biggest things people want is to be on social without having to be on social. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. So it's like, that's, that's, I think the key. I hate to say it, but we are as, as entrepreneurs, you and I, like we're a sales team and a marketing team and an operations team a lot of the time. Yeah. So you have to appeal to some of these people's desires and needs, and it doesn't need to feel sleazy if it's what they want. Yeah. So yeah, uh, those, those are a couple of big things I would say. Okay, no, I like that a lot. So in your in the business, video podcasting, are you, It's it seems very white gloves start to finish for the most part. Yes. Are you, how are you finding these clients? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious. Like what kind of people, cause I, <laughs> I, I'm now niche down cause I've worked with several clients in video podcasting, but it's YouTube yeah. specific. I've only yeah. ever filmed for a couple, yep. like a couple of people, but I, I can get you found on YouTube. Like that's my thing. Um, it. all this other stuff I'm learning. So where are you, where are you finding these people? So I did a study on this recently, um, internally with our team and, we were trying to codify our offer and just make it like ridiculous. Like I already thought it was good, but we, we, as a, a team read hundred million dollar off hundred million dollar offers of yes. uh, Alex Hormozy. And let me look at it. It's like tab to death. I mean, <laughs> nice. I've read it before and that's how I came up with the podcast offer. But now with the team, I'm like, let's read it together. Yeah. So what we decided was, your main, your, your grand slam offer doesn't mean there can't be, uh, other offers. Like, so it's very high ticket because it's white glove, yeah. but it's like, okay, we identified it's like accessibility is not going to be easy for people who, who also desire some of those things, but just don't necessarily have the financial capabilities, or maybe they don't have a team who could help or whatever it is. So like, okay, so we have like a medium ticket offer and then it's like, okay, and then a low ticket. And I've been super resistant on courses, but we're, we're kind of making like mini courses for people. Okay. 
to answer your question though, like how are we finding these people? It's like, okay, like the, those, the, the medium and, and low ticket are, are easier to find, but the high ticket, and I, we've talked about this, like uh, on DMs, like I was looking to do YouTube ads and this and that, and I did them and they, they were going very well, but conversions wise, like were calls getting booked? Not necessarily. Okay. High ticket, hard to fulfill offers are what we found 90% of the people that we've taken on, those have been from referrals. Yeah. Someone who knows what it's like to work with me, someone who could vouch for my character, someone who can vouch for the way our team is fast, how we move with a sense of urgency, how, um, you know, how we send our clients gifts. Like those are all the things that are not going to be found in an ad, not going to be found in content. And, and that's just the way it is. So I would say the more expensive the product is, um, it's just going to be word of mouth. And I don't think, some of the people you want to work with, they're not consuming content, man. They're not even making yeah. content. So they're not really consuming. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So think about yeah. it from that way. So how I imagine it in my head to make peace with it, Zach, is <laughs> I just say, I'm the guy in the little black book, uh, you know, for some of these people where they're like, oh, podcasting guy, I got the guy. I just yeah. imagine like that's how it is. Because otherwise, how else is it going to happen? Uh, it might seem frustrating, but... I, I just don't think enough content is going to do it. Here's one other thing I would say. If you ever, ever have the ability to speak at a mastermind, which is far better in my opinion than like a conference, because uh, a mastermind is very, very focused and they're very deliberate about who they have to speak and what this group of six or seven figure entrepreneurs needs and you have the ability whether your expertise is video podcasting or personal branding or seo or whatever it is that is a way to very much increase your referral capacity so go to a mastermind try to talk to people who hold masterminds be like hey i see you have one of these every quarter um i know you probably have the next two lined up but in May, I would love to come and talk to you about how podcasting, YouTube podcasting is probably going to be an insane benefit to the people in that room. You know, I don't know, something yeah. like that. But yeah. yeah, man, that's what I would say. I like that a lot. I think that, and I think that applies across businesses, like the higher ticket, like it's YouTube ads honestly are awesome, but it's it, once you pass a certain point, it's like, I, I want to call with you. That's all, that's all I'm, I'm trying yeah. to do because yes. I can't convince people in. A no, minutes. man. So, no, I, like I agree. Um, so you said, I mean, back in your story, miserable at Amazon, the, this, you know, what you're doing now, is this dream job, is this fulfilling? Like, is this what you saw yourself doing or are there some things, do you just have to kind of get through some of the stuff you don't love? Cause there are parts that you love. I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. I just like asking people. <laughs> If they like I, I am so fulfilled. <laughs> I mean, I, I, um, I hired someone recently. This is so funny. I, I, I normally wouldn't probably talk about this because I'm in the process of it. I like to talk yeah. post process, but I'm in the process right now. I'm working with uh, someone who's going to be helping me kind of develop my signature keynote and a couple backups and, and just get on stages. Cause that's what yeah. I want to do. I had my first call with her today. She was fantastic. 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 And the fact that she was enthusiastic about some of my story was, was great as well. It was very confidence inspiring. Here's the thing. We all have to kind of go through some sort of tragedy or, or trauma or something in order to kind of come out on the other side. And as I mentioned, being miserable at Amazon and kind of losing sight of who I was and, and the man I wanted to be, the father I wanted to be, the husband I wanted to be, the workaholic that I had become, like all that was, I, I look back at that person now, I'm like, who the hell was that guy? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't like him at all. I wouldn't want to know him um, yeah. and whatever. So, so there's that. And it's like, okay. And then I moved in with uh, my in-laws and eventually I kind of came out and, and came, came out and came up. And the, the premise of why I feel right now so fulfilled and why I feel like every day I wake up, I'm like the best version of myself is, and I, I hate to sound so cliche, but there was a point where what everyone else thought had no bearing on what I was trying to do. Like, I think same for you, man. Like once you kind of dedicated to like video podcasting or your niche or, or YouTube or whatever it is, like you kind of find yourself in this bubble 
where you don't have the time to think about what other people are thinking or compare yourself to people who are further along because you're on a mission. Yeah. And if you're on a mission, and if I truly, truly want to help some of these people establish your brands, get visible, get credibility, become an authority, get the views they want, get the downloads they want, rank, then that's exciting for me. And because there's 7 billion people on the planet, um, you know, it doesn't matter how many no's I get yeah. <laughs> because like, there's no way I could have asked everybody. So I wake up and I'm pumped about it. I've lived it. Like content changed my life. So I want to help other people change their lives through the same thing. Yeah. So Zach, I am so fulfilled. It's not even funny. I um, I love what I do. I used to be in golden handcuffs and now I'm finally at a point where I'm making more than I was at Amazon and I'm, and I have a team I'm giving gainful employment and I'm helping clients out that can use what I have to offer. So dude, I'm fulfilled. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. <clears throat> so does, is, is making content fulfilling for you? Like your own content? Cause I noticed, I don't know if you are still making content, but for most of the places that I looked, um, besides LinkedIn, um, but like video content, YouTube podcast, it looks like you've, you've taken a break because you are, I did, man. So this is important conversation to have. Um, the business was scaling. I got those couple clients and all I could obsess about was how much I could deliver for them on a daily basis. And I mean, they were, it was pretty lucrative. It is lucrative. And, I mean, what does that mean? That means like, how can I over deliver? Like I always, every, every day, our team, um, we ask ourselves like, what can we do for client A today? Like, is there anything we can do for them today? And we try and think about it. But, um, it was so important to me to, to really be as indispensable as possible that creating content and how expensive it started becoming because of the volume was just not a priority. And as a podcaster, as someone who loves LinkedIn and as someone who, who also craves status and attention and, and, and those kinds of things, like that was challenging. But from basically May, June, July, August, uh, so four months, I basically like was on once a week okay. post here and there. And it was exactly the break I needed. Now, Zach, what happened was business got really good and we learned so much. We learned about clients we don't want, the clients we want, um, hiccups in the proposal process, um, you know, mess ups I've had on discovery calls, uh, why we should always have in our contract that there's a limited number of revisions, you know, like things like that, man. And yeah. all of it we captured, and I think we counted the other day, we have like 317 content ideas just like that we've kind of gathered and remixes to some of them, you know, over that course of the four months. And the best part is like, I don't even need to do it myself now. Like I will also have my team make content yeah. because it's important that people know who they are. It's not just me. So, um, the break was needed, but I also believe content is needed. Okay. Like I have to be a practitioner. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I have to do it. Otherwise it's going to be kind of confusing for people to be like, this dude's all about this, but he's not making content. So yeah. I'm like, all right, so I'm ready to get back in the game, but I think it's important to, for people to know. And, and I think you probably back me up on this is that it's okay to take a break. Like the world's not going to fall apart. And I'm sorry, no matter how, how good your content is, like you're probably not going to get hundreds of phone calls. Like, dude, like, are you okay? Like yeah. what's going on? Like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Because we have like, our memories are so short. Like it's on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. People will be happy when you're back. But if you need a break, take the break and you will probably benefit more than you could possibly know. Yeah, absolutely. I like that a lot because I, I was, I mean, you hear the advice, Gary V, Alex Schmozzi, you know, post tons, volume, you know, post more. Um, if you have, uh, my caveats, if you have a team, if you don't yeah. have a team, one, two platforms, do them really well. Add an email yes. list. You need an email yes. list, but like, yes focus on the one or two that really makes sense for your business. Um, the thing I don't want to accept, but I keep hearing from wonderful guests like you is you can build the business and be very successful and all that without any content. Not that it's not important, but there are like building the business does a lot and your thought leadership, you as the expert, you of being seen also does a lot, but if you don't have the business to back it up, then <laughs> It could just be wasted time for the time being. Um, 
And it's, I don't like to accept that because I have a nice studio and I like making content. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, trust me, I know, I know. There, there, there is something to be said about social proof, um, which is, is what we've been trying to focus on just because, dude, I get, we all get self-conscious, man. It's like, like how, how big are these wins, you know? And it's like, okay, so um, content can help. And that's exactly just, just backing up a little bit. That's why we need to have more of what we offer to be accessible to more people. Um, just, yeah. just so that way, like, are we really helping? Are we really helping? Like we could help yeah. this small group of people. Are we helping as much as we can? And, and that's where it kind of came to. Yeah. I like that. Those, uh, the meetings you mentioned, are, are you physically having meetings where it's like, Hey, how do we help these clients and talk through it? Or is that just something that you guys are thinking about? Oh, we Not just, like uh, it's just our, our kind of daily sync. Okay. Um, that would make, great which is, content. you know, there's about, six of us and we get on and, and we have operations, we have our assistant operations, we have our podcast managers and then our kind of content manager and then, and then me. So, um, that's, that's usually what it is. But, but by the end of it, we always, we, we literally will have discussed every single client, even if they're like in kind of maintenance where there's like nothing going on, everything's on par, everything's like scheduled and easy, everything's good. Like, doesn't matter. Like, does one of them have a birthday coming up? Have we looked at their socials and see if they've yeah. had something to celebrate or something bad happened that we could send a note on? Like, dude, we got to be obsessive about it. So it's like, what is there that we could do? That's basically the last question of every, um, every one of our sinks. Yeah. I like that a lot. I think, I mean, obviously you'd have to like blank out names, but I think that would be incredible YouTube content where it's like, here's how we serve our, I mean, have to edit yeah and maybe that's an extra thing that you can't really take on but like seeing behind the scenes of how you're able to serve your clients and how you get the results yep awesome awesome content yeah uh, yeah for sure i agree i so, might have to do it might have to do it yes um so your youtube channel is that something you're going to continue it sounds like content's on the list I love it the is, content I watch. It is coming back. It's coming back. Here's the thing. Maybe you can give me some online coaching right or some podcast coaching right now. Let's do it. Um, so I have uh, my channel, which was kind of very LinkedIn centric. And then I went a different direction and was like, really wanted to inspire people, you know, approaching yeah. 40 or in their 40s and, and letting them know that that transformation can occur. I'm living proof. So we yeah. did that. But yeah, I mean, I think we got up to almost 700 subs. I mean, nothing crazy. I was not putting, I mean, these were, flurries of effort and what yeah. I mean, like three months of effort at a time and then like a break and then three months. I'm like, okay, so we're going to go back. We have a lot, a lot of video podcast content, material, podcast content, material, personal branding material, all this stuff that we're going to make. Yeah. And I'm like, do I go back to that channel or where I know I have people or do I start from scratch? Yeah. Um, that's where we're torn. Okay. So I guess my question would, to you would be, is it a different audience than you, that you, that audience that was watching that, that you designed that around? Is that a different audience than you want to serve now? Probably. Okay. Is there any overlap? If we changed maybe some of your content a little bit, is there enough overlap or do you think it, it really is just, you, you can't, <sighs> it you depends, can't man. Like because when I made that shift to trying to talk to people about being in their forties and mm -hmm. whatever, like, I don't know if my audience changed. I don't even, those were getting a lot less views than like my LinkedIn stuff. Yeah. But, um, is there overlap? It, it really depends. Um, okay. take the forties thing out because there are a couple of tricks that like we could edit your videos and make it not 40 centric anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you remove that piece, is it a different audience? Probably not. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. If, if the answer is no, sounds like it is. I, what I would do is I would spend some time optimizing all of the content on there. Cause you do, you have, what was it, 120 videos or something? Is it? Like, oh, that's nuts. Like, you've got, you've got good content on here. There's a lot that you can do here. A little mm -hmm. bit of editing in the studio, sure. um, thumbnail, AB tests, all that good stuff. But you could make this so that it's at least maybe 60, 70% towards the audience now. Yeah. And you're not starting from scratch like that. Yeah. Not that you can't start from scratch. I've seen a couple of people here on LinkedIn that actually started video podcasts. Um, Jay Klaus, he's he's only been in two months and he's like at 1,100 subscribers. Really? He's been, Good yeah, for him. But like his podcast, he's been doing it for years. And his production, I, I don't know of a better produced video podcast. Like a, Really? Like, oh, yeah. Dude, I got to check it out. It's, it is amazing. Um, so 
he's done really well. He has a large email list. He has a large, like he's done all of the things really, really well. That's not typical. It usually takes two years to get a thousand subscribers and you're in the top 20% of all channels if you can do that. So, <laughs> yeah, like, that's crazy. You're doing a lot better than you think you are. Um, but there, there's a ton here that we can do. And I think you already have some momentum. I would just keep up with it. Um, okay. That, that's, that's what I would do. I would, you're going to need some rebranding based on sure. what you've said and what I can see of on course. your channel. But um, it's amazing content. I wouldn't start over unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. I So, I mean, I just want to tell the audience like yeah. why they should be listening to you because I know, I know how crazy good YouTube is. Not just because it is a, a search engine, but just for like, people are in a learning environment, right? And I mean, they are going for something specific. They're not going for anything specific on Instagram. Yeah. They're not going for anything specific on Facebook. They're going to YouTube for a reason. And if I am ever able to be in a position where I can be searched or someone will go to my channel because the podcast content is good or the, you know, all these things, that's what you want. And then I've seen way too many people who stuck it out, which I have not, <laughs> but stuck it out and are now making a few extra thousand a month mm -hmm. because the content just lives forever, man. I, I mean, I know way too many people who are getting views on videos from four years ago. Still today, they're doing nothing like they're not. They're, I mean, so the opportunity is rampant. And obviously with YouTube pushing podcasting, that's a big deal. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm beyond sold. It's just literally like how many irons do I want in the fire at once? That's it. But yeah. yeah. And I think that's, and that's part where you need a team member, maybe might be something mm -hmm. or a contract or something like that. But I think yep. you have you have a lot there and I, I appreciate the compliment. Like YouTube's my thing. <laughs> this is what I, yeah. I obsess over all the time. Um, I'm glad. But like my goal when I'm working with someone, I want your channel to pay for your team. Now, depending on how big yes. the team is and what else you have going on, maybe that's not, <laughs> not able to do that, but at least the team working on your YouTube, at least the team working on your content, it, YouTube honestly can pay for yeah. all of that. So yeah, <laughs> then, then it's a no brainer. <laughs> Of course. That's the goal, man. Let me ask you, I'm so sorry. Sorry, audience. Like I'm a podcast host too. So I have a question for Zach. Um, I have someone, a very big YouTuber, 600,000 subs. And I'm okay. like, Hey, we could turn it into a podcast if you want, because we've done that for a couple other people. So yeah. she texts me and she's like, no, she's like, it's a lot of how to content. And she, okay. she said, uh, I, I, I feel like I'd need to be a little bit more intimate with uh with a podcast and she had started one and stopped it and yeah. i go yeah but when i met you in person you said you discontinued a podcast because of bandwidth okay. i was like you might want to be more intimate I'm, i know that's probably how you feel but that doesn't mean that how-to content isn't valuable like mm -hmm. we could we can make it into podcast form so it doesn't feel so video centric what's your take on that yeah no i like I, two different camps two different ways to do this i think first is to make a youtube first video podcast meaning it you're focused on youtube because it is it is the unless you're getting sponsorships and things with your podcast it's going to be the money maker it's going to be the thing that's lives forever it's going to do the yes. most agree for podcast for audio i do have like i just released a podcast episode this morning and yep. it's a video coaching call and there are times where yep. i pull up the screen i pull up you know what's going on and i just interrupt and i say hey this is what you would be seeing. You can see it on YouTube or yes. one of the things for you that this might work. I, I hate how they have it right now. It's kind of janky, but um, Spotify allows anchor to upload video podcasts. Yes. And so you can watch the video podcast on Spotify yep. as a podcast. So that's another way to do that. You can make the language a little bit more descriptive or a little more intimate um, yep. for a podcast. I think, it's not hurting anything. And yeah, I agree. If you are making long form content on YouTube, podcast is a no brainer in my mind. It, I, I, that is that, the second. It's a simple, and, and for everyone listening, like I, I, I figured you'd say something like that. Here's what I would say if you're one of those people is it's as easy as making an introduction a custom intro for the podcast and be like, Hey, this is YouTube video. So some of it might seem visual, like, just like you said, just give them a disclaimer. Yeah. be like the information is still valuable. I wanted to make sure you guys got it. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's it. Like 
there's no barrier after that. I don't feel like I'm getting catfished. It's like, yeah. okay, cool. Like it was, yeah. I mean, I have two clients right now who do it and you can't even tell. Yeah. So how long are the videos she makes? Uh, probably 18 to 22 minutes around, okay. which is perfect for a podcast in yeah. my opinion. Well, and I was going to say like, it's so for two, again, two things for YouTube long form. This is Evan Carmichael, you know, speaking like one to three hour videos are really killing yep. it right now. Really? Yeah. Like that's, that's the I'm fastest ready. growing segment right now. Um, and in my mind, <laughs> I like longer content. I like longer podcasts, Joe Rogan, three hours, like sure. he's killing it. 20 minutes for me is too short. Cause I listen to everything on two X speed. So I like yeah. <laughs> yeah. 60 minutes. Um, yes. so one thing she could do is take those YouTube videos and expand if she wants to get a backlog or just going mm -hmm. forward, say, Hey, you know, I've made the video, the YouTube centric video. I'm going to make a longer version for a podcast yeah. or just make the YouTube videos longer, which are going to do better in my opinion, depending on what it is she's yeah. talking about. I have to dig in, but I mean, her, her works so well, her average watch duration is very high. Uh, okay. so I, I think you'd probably write. And again, like, I would love the business, but I don't need the business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like meaning like, Hey, you know what? Like don't do a podcast, but like yeah. make your videos five minutes longer. Like yeah. my boy Zach said that's probably killing it right now. So yeah, I mean, she's really keeps people engaged, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. I'm glad you gave me your take. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I love when guests ask questions as well. Cause I want to make <laughs> conversation as much as possible. Um, but I know you're on tight schedule. want to respect your time. I appreciate you coming on. Um, seriously, this has been awesome. I've learned a ton. I know anyone mm. listening also where, because you are, you are going to be making content, not currently. Yeah. Where do you want people to connect with you? Where do you want them to find you? Uh, Instagram and LinkedIn, please. So okay. Rich Cardona on LinkedIn, there's there's only one. And then uh, Rich Cardona on Instagram, it's at Rich Cardona underscore. Uh, I'm really starting to ease my way back into content, but you'll see a lot of my thoughts there. And I would, I would love to hear from you guys. And if, if you uh, heard about me through this podcast, please make sure you let me know because I want to make sure Zach knows as well. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'll link all those show notes, all that good stuff. Um, amazing podcast. I'm going to be doing what you said, lessons in the middle and uh, some write-ups yeah. of things I've learned because this was incredible. So um, thanks again for coming on, all of you. Have a wonderful night. We'll see you later. Appreciate it. If you like this episode with Rich, make sure you check out episode nine that we did with Dylan Schmidt where we talk about how to grow and monetize your podcast. He shared some incredible wisdom when it comes to growing your podcast and being able to make money from that podcast. So make sure you go check out episode nine and I'll see you over there. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you haven't already listened to some of the past episodes, I wanted to give you a couple of options. So here are a couple of guest episodes that you might like. On episode one, we learned how Sev grew to 1.1 million followers on TikTok. Episode three, how to make money streaming on Amazon Live. Episode five, we learned how Chris Doe grew to 2 million subscribers and what he would do if he were starting over in 2022. Episode seven is how an 18-year-old built a five-figure a month business on TikTok. And episode nine is how to grow and monetize your podcast. I hope one of those sounded interesting to you. If they did, I'll see you in the next episode. If not, make sure to go to the show notes and connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know who my next guest should be.